0: Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Hi there everyone, greetings from sunny Anglesey, where I sit right in this beacon. I'm Andy, and one of the reasons that I love my second home here on Innesmont is because I can fulfil my passion for sailing, even if I'm not the best at it, at the sailing club that we run off the site here. We race on most Saturdays during August here at Clan Rock, and we love the social interaction that this affords us. But the principle behind the racing is to raise money for the RNLI, a charity that I support. And if you've listened to previous beacons, you will understand why. In a race today, one of the boats nearly took out a whole fleet as they took action to avoid not missing a buoy, which marked out the race course. They had misjudged the course they could sail on the current wind, and they had to cut across everyone in order to make a correction. Fortunately, we all managed to take our own action to avoid colliding with him, but it was all a little hairy for a few moments. (laughs) We laughed it off later, but at the time it was a nervous, fraught encounter. The rest of us had sailed correctly. We had made the mark, but had to adjust in order to avoid catastrophe. Now, you may be wondering what point I would like to make. Well, it's this. In the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. In other words, lest we find ourselves boastful, we have all missed the mark. I cannot praise my own standard, whether it be sailing or otherwise, because it falls well short of God's, demonstrated to us by the sinless life of Jesus. Now this is quite a solemn point. You see, there's nothing that I can do. I'm helpless. I am without hope. I, like everyone, am a sinner and have fallen short. Therefore, I am in danger of being disqualified from the prize, in this case, eternity with God. But Paul, as he writes this letter to the Romans, does not just leave it there. He points out the truth, so that none of us can boast, and then goes on to say, Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. Whoa, wait a minute. I'm a sinner. I've missed the mark. I don't meet God's standard, and yet, yet he declares me righteous. Righteous means that I'm acceptable to God and I have somehow met the standard required to have eternal life. But this is just unacceptable to our human thinking. We are wrong and yet we escape punishment and even more so go on to a beautiful, endless relationship with our Creator. This is totally mind-blowing and difficult for us to fathom. And yet this is what God declares over us. He doesn't just tell us, He declares it before others. He speaks it out. He declares it. This is important because everything that comes from the mouth of God is true. So here we have it. God declares us righteous and that is that. Or is it? The danger of reading isolated verses from an entire book that tells us God's story is that we can take it out of context and miss the whole point entirely. What Paul is trying to say to the Roman believers is that there is nothing you or they can do to satisfy God. It is just outside of our capabilities. Therefore, God has to do something else to enable us to have fellowship back with him. The verse continues and tells us what God has done. He, that's God, did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins, for God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. You see, God required a sacrifice that was pure and righteous, and he knew that we were just incapable of meeting its standard. So God himself provided the sacrifice for us in Jesus. Now, I'm not sure about you, but this gives me every reason I would ever need to give thanks and praise to God. He is most definitely worthy of my praise. Even the angels in heaven cried out a new song when Jesus was revealed as a sacrifice to bring mankind back into a relationship with God. You can read about it in Revelation chapter 5 if you want to know more. But the angels sang a new song. So why is all of this so important to us? Well, it shows how fair and just God is for a start. When God declares that he loves the world, man is quick to point out that war, famine and all the other bad things that we see around us, God allows and some even go so far as to blame God. I'm sure you've heard someone say, how can a loving God allow war or sickness? Well, the truth is that a loving God does allow these things. Because he first gave us the choice. And we chose to reject God and therefore bring upon ourselves the punishment for sin, which is death. But God shows that he is just and fair by supplying the means by which we can return to the point before man's sin took effect. By believing in Jesus who gives us his his righteousness to cover our shame. The Bible, from start to finish, displays to us that God desires us to have fellowship with Him, but that we keep rejecting it. So much so that we convince ourselves that we don't need God, or even that God does not exist. All well and good, except that God displays that He is real in everything we see around us. Could this much beauty really be an accident? When I took defensive action to miss the boat that turned in front of me in the race, I didn't for one moment think, actually, if I just smash these two boats together, what will come out of it will be a brand new, better boat. Now, with insurance that may occur, but what I mean is that the collision of two small boats out on the sea would not have resulted in a new boat there and then. It would have resulted in two very broken and very sunk boats. Probably without hope of repair. Do you get the picture? We are so conditioned to think from a human viewpoint that we do it well without thinking. But God tells us to renew our thinking and with good reason. We cannot comprehend God's grace and mercy to us, so we just have to accept that it is. And we would rather act to achieve something rather than be given something of worth without reason. God gave us Jesus, freely and without complaint. Jesus paid the ultimate price of death on the cross. But before this, he had lived a pure, blameless life without sin. Think about this. 33 and a half years without ever succumbing to the worldview around him before surrendering to the cross. And he did this because the Father asked him to, knowing that it was the only sacrifice acceptable. And he did this because of love. A love which is so unfathomable, so deep, so all-encompassing, so logic-defying, so world-changing, that it now becomes the standard that all love is defined by. How could God love me so much that he would give his son to die for me? Well, I don't know the answer to that, but he did. When I sail in a race and round a mark, I am reminded that God's love for me, demonstrated in Jesus, means that I can fail. I can accept that I can never attain God's love by my own means. I cannot meet God's expectations. But he provides a way. Once we know this and allow it to settle in our hearts, it will change the way that we think, and therefore, perhaps just as important, will dictate how we then act. It may take some time to act righteously, but we do get better at it as we allow God to shape our thinking and our lives. It's called surrender we may not mark we may not make the mark and therefore deserve disqualification but god puts us on the winning podium and gives us the highest prize thank you thank you jesus coach house beacons the coach house church daily devotional to find out more join us on facebook instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org